Welcome to the Revit Up Racing Show. You can find four cylinders, mini stocks, factory stocks, sportsmen, modifieds, winged and non-winged sprint cars, limited late models, late models, and all your racing information here at RevitUpRacing.net. The Revit Up Racing Show is brought to you by Luca Mariano. Luca Mariano is your family-selected whiskey and bourbon that goes very well at post-race campfires and any activity you choose to share it at. Now, here is your Revit Up Racing host, Jay Houselander. Good evening, Mr. Blake Roser. Can you hear me now, Blake? Yeah, I can. Okay. I apologize. Something was going wrong there. I'll beg you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for waiting uh, almost 20 minutes. So we are live. So big, first thing in all, everybody, I apologize for the inconvenience. Um, but uh, we're here now with uh, Blake Rowe, the 100, uh, the Hot Shoe 100 uh, winner. Uh, congrats on your win and taking home uh, 10,024 payday. How was that, Blake? Uh, it was great, man. We work all summer to run shows like this, and it was nice to bring one of them home. We ran really good at Bear Field for the Crown Jewel and came up short at both the shows there. So. Um, we worked for like five weeks to get the car back together and where we wanted it, and it paid off. And you, you came in, you came into the, the hot shoe a couple of days before preparing and working on the car for probably one of the biggest modern races in the Midwest of North, not North, North, uh, sorry, North America on Thursday and Friday. When you popped that balloon on the straightaway, um, that orange balloon, and picked that bicycle, uh, can you talk a little bit about that and uh, what it felt like on the front stretch at Kinross? Yeah, man, it uh, it takes a little luck to win shows like this. You don't just uh, drive through a field of cars like that. Um, you know, every one of the 24 cars that started that event could have won it, um, especially pulling a, pulling a starting position like I did. But um, I knew we had a really good race car. I didn't know how to uh, approach the show. We, we hadn't been to Ken Ross prior to the weekend. So, I you know, it takes a little bit to figure out how to race a track like that and uh, what's it really going to take to pass and get through a field of cars. So, um, starting out front and knowing we had the speed to run out there, it really just felt good and took a load off. We, uh, had to dice our way through, uh, some lap traffic, but other than that, it really kept the car clean and, um, let me conserve tires for a long time. And, and one thing I, I talked to somebody today, they sent, they sent me a message saying, asking, um, why you rode, like say up to lap 79 before there, it was even a caution. And the, the, the main, the B main went for, it felt, probably felt like forever for you guys. Waiting yeah. to get on the track, waiting to get on the track. But was it the the last twenty one laps you were running high? Was that because of more of the traffic or just the the, the uh, Ken Ross Speed Park? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the the place when you get a good field of cars like that, it kind of stretches out, and um, you know, it's it's just wide enough to run about a groove and a half. So you're not going to get a bunch of side by side racing. Um, but it certainly took rubber throughout the weekend, and and the groove moves around. Um, I think the B main and, and some of the, the stock cars had drug a little bit of dirt out on the track, but, um, you know, as we had made a bunch of laps and, um, you know, everyone settled in, I think the place cleaned out and kind of widened up there a minute. Um, but it was just really for us all about, um, you know, keeping a good lead against DG and, um, you know, for me, just making sure I hit my marks and kept the tires underneath it. It's, um, at, a, at the end of a show like that, it's so easy to spin the tires and it was only going to take one one mistake for me to uh, let DG strike. And, and that's one thing I was like, say, after we're done here, I'll, I'll post this again on Facebook. And I got the video of you popping that balloon. And I think your smile was, if it could go past ear to ear, it probably was. And uh, yeah. I've never seen someone so excited to, uh, I guess, pop a balloon, right? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we um, a, a lot of these shows work like that. You know, they they try to shuffle it up and do something cool. And I, you know, it's really nice that they get you know some kids involved in it and things like that. Um, you know, and, and there's not a perfect system to to any of it. Whether we do a, a you know a straight up invert or um, you know, the draw, uh, whether it's out of a hat or I think last year they did chips on bikes and let the kids pick them. Um, and like I said, it just takes a little luck, man. So, um, all, all I wanted to do was get somewhere safe and, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I looked down and, you know, I, I could see the, the paper was folded up and you kind of see, you know, it was a Sharpie through like orange. So it kind of bled through. And at first I thought it was a seven cause you know, whoever wrote the one out, it was kind of fancy and it had a little tail on the end of it. So I, I was a little bummed at first and I saw the one, I'm like, oh shoot, it's a 10. And I had to keep looking to, to really get, you know, you know, get myself convinced that, you know, we had drew the one, but um, yeah, it worked out. And then with that green, like I said, the green flag flying to lap 79. And like, again, fans were at camp, couldn't believe that it went to 79 laps before a caution came out. You're almost about half a lap ahead through, through to, uh, like you say, lap traffic. What were you thinking going into, like, say, that uh that that caution knowing that you had that much of a lead on on the guy behind you yeah it was <laughs> now we wanted to see because you know by about halfway with as stretched out as it got i thought it, i thought we were going the distance uh so you know i just wanted to keep putting them down and um you know i i didn't feel like i was all that good through lap traffic and i really didn't know how good Derek was so um you know i just certainly wanted to keep as many lap cars between us as we could in case if you know i'd wore my stuff out or whatever but when the caution come out i um, you know, we were chatting back and forth over the radio and I, you know, when they told me how big of a lead I really had gotten out to, I was just kind of at that point worried that I burned my stuff up doing it. But, um, you know, it was just an attrition deal. We, uh, you know, we built a lot of, um, long run speed into the car throughout the weekend and we've been working on that all summer. So, um, I know our car is always good on the long haul like that, but, um, it's so easy to burn the tires up in, in a hundred lap quarter mile show. So, um, it just, it was concerning. It was really the big deal to see a caution come out like that, you know, a self spin and, you know, fortunately no cars were tore up, but, um, it was kind of hard to believe we could go that long and then something little like that happened. And, and mostly again, you guys sat so long because of the B main took so long because of the accidents and then the emergency with, with a spectator and, and stuff like that. And that must mentally go mentally affect you guys getting ready for the race, doesn't it? Yeah, we, you know, we were in the sun all weekend, um, although it wasn't that hot, you know, the track did have a little temp in it all weekend. Um, you know, we qualified in the heat, uh, even our dash was, you know, the sun was just setting. So um, I didn't really know what to expect out of the racetrack. And we, we were just watching the B main cars, trying to kind of get a feel on where the track was going, seeing if it, you know, if a bunch of cars tightened up or not. And yeah, you know, between that, that race ran really long, the stock car races ran really long. Um, you know, we'd been out of the cars since final practice. It was, you know, I think we were done at like three and then we weren't even back in the cars. And uh, I don't even know what hour we started the race. I was probably 11. And, um, you know, I, they weren't certain whether we were going to do the autograph session or not. So I got in and strapped in and my radio's in and, um, you know, they kind of did a last minute, um, deal for a meet and greet, which was cool, but, you know, I was kind of in and settled and then back out and, walking around and chatting with everyone again. So it's kind of hard to get settled in like that, but it was all right. And it, it's something you, you came up to Ken Ross again for the, for the hot shoe, go, go to charity, but that 10,024 payday, um, hoping that you were going to win. But again, you never know because the, the talent and the drivers and the cars mm -hmm. that are up there, but what, 
what, what, what, what went through your mind when you more or less raised that $10,000 check? It's relieving, man. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of really great partners that help us, um, you know, fund this deal, but you know, we're, we're certainly not racing for profit. And, um, you know, we, we've done pretty well this summer as far as, you know, we went and run well at, uh, you know, some bigger money shows. So it certainly helps the, the racing budget out and we're going to get to race a whole lot of more shows that maybe in the past or, you know, maybe otherwise we wouldn't have thought to go to. Um, it's just going to kind of open up some doors for us and give us a couple more options. It, it's just a relief. You know, we, uh, we, we lose, um, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of money doing this, but, um, it is nice to go home and and know that we did pretty well on the weekend. And 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 that's the biggest thing is there's not too many short track racers. Doesn't matter if it's dirt, asphalt, many what not many wedges. I mean, the uh, like the cards. Doesn't matter what type of type of short track it is. You're not doing it for uh, for the money, right? No, absolutely not. I mean, um, you know, and even this summer we've you know there there's a couple really good paying shows that, um, you know, we, we've went and run and fortunately ran well at and, um, it, but in years past, it kind of felt like we were going to race for the money and, you know, you kind of get wrapped up in it throughout the weekend and it, it raises the stress, but, um, you know, we camped this weekend. We don't normally camp at the racetrack. We generally do the hotels and try to get away, but we kind of spent the weekend at the racetrack and hung out with a lot of friends. And, um, you know, all, I, I had a ton of family there, um, so I just, you know, I don't think, um, you know, any of our heads were, were in it for the money this weekend. We were just really enjoying ourselves. And, um, you know, it wasn't until about 15 or, you know, it was like basically the restart when we took back off and it like dawned on me and it, it kind of freaked me out for, you know, a little bit. <laughs> I, I think I really gave up, you know, a, a little bit of speed on the track. Cause all I could think was, man, if I make a mistake, I'm, you know, I just, you know, it's like a $5,000 mistake, right. You know, if I, if I let DG buy here and, um, but you, you can't really think about the money when, when you're there for the weekend, it's, um, it's no different. Uh, you can't act like it's any different than, um, you know, your standard weekend race and, uh, just go there and work hard at it and make sure the car is the best we can make it. And, and it's something, um, for Brian Nestor, it's been six years, but first five years of Whittemore, he got four of the, four of the wins and Whittemore did a great job with the event, but it had to move just because of size. It went from, from like the 106 cars this year, but from 85 campers to over 240 campers. And were you part of that? Uh, like say with Nestor winning four of the last five, were you part of that Nestor karaoke crew at all this weekend? Um, no, you know, I really like racing with Brian and I, I, I trust that there's nothing goofy going on. I mean, you know, there's all, he, he's good. He's one of the best. And, um, you know, he's had just like I had this year, really good luck at draws. Um, you know, I think he started on the pole last year, and you know we had drew like a 12 or something and um for a 100 lap race that stuff don't matter man we we drove up through the field and we were racing brian by like lap 40 or 50. um so i had actually joked with brian i was talking to bud gray before we went out for the uh you know to draw our spots and he had kind of made the comment not that he you know he's as good of friends as anybody with brian but he had, had joked man i i hope brian doesn't get the one because you know, now, now you're just opening up doors to all sorts of rumors and this and that. And he said, he said, swap Brian's shoes. He's got lucky shoes. So I, I was standing there next to Brian when we were waiting to pull. I said, Hey, Brian, I'll swap you one shoe for the other. And when I wound up drawing the one and, you know, after the race, he had come up and said, looks like you got the lucky shoes now. So that, that was kind of fun. I mean, I enjoy racing with all these guys. They're all super, 
um, super great people and they just, they do it for the fun. And that's exactly it. Like I said to Kim Gray, when we were waiting for you guys to come out on the front stretch, I said, well, Kim, what are you going to do if Brian pulls a one again? <laughs> she just yeah. shook her head. And you guys are all good friends. And that goes, it goes back to like talking to Joanne Brooks and Jerry Linscombe and Bud Gray and all that. And they're, they're over at Nestor's trailer to four or five in the morning, both nights. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something, it's, it, it's a family thing. Again, you can, you can joke with each other and bug each other, but when it comes down to it, when you get on the track, you race, but when you get back off, you're, you're friends again, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, Brian builds a lot of the cars that race with us. I mean, he, he had, they kind of, you know, they're kind of traveling a group, which rightfully so, you know, they, they all help each other out. And, um, but we, we don't run any of Nestor stuff. we never have. And, um, so he's just a competitor of ours really. Um, but you know, he, he stepped up and helped us out. Uh, you know, he had, he had some parts, um, you know, he sells parts at the racetrack, but he had some parts that we wound up needing at bare field and sold them to us. He, you know, not that he had to do that not that he wouldn't, but, um, you know, everyone's here to help each other out, man. When we got tore up down there, um, we had more competitors that I had never even known. I mean, we raced with a lot of guys down South that, uh, I had never seen before, never knew nothing about them, um, stepped up and wanted to help and offer parts and this and that. And that's the racing community. I mean, everyone's good buddies. We, you, you have to be or else you're just going to drive yourself mad. We'd see each other almost every weekend, uh, throughout the summer and, um, you know, wind up by accident or on purpose at some points running through people and, if you if you get all caught up in the drama that you're just gonna take the fun right out of it. Uh, exactly, and like I say, talking about Nestor is uh, he built the car for Kenny Wallace, Kenny Wallace who ran the race, and like I say, Kenny, Kenny does that now on the weekends, different tracks, a lot of uh, a lot of dirt, some asphalt, and again, a lot of people I've talked to in the interviews I've did leading up to the hot, you said Kenny wasn't just another driver. That's what they said, but. Now with that ten thousand twenty four dollar payday, you can actually say you 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 beat a NASCAR driver, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it's fun. Um, you know, I, I look at it the same way. You know, you just said he he's another race car driver, man. He enjoys it. Um, it's really cool to see him supporting the short track stuff like he does. Um, but he he's another race car driver, and um, you know, it's fun to fun to say he's in the field with us. Um, you know, I grew up racing with Eric Jones, and you know, through the quarter midget levels, uh, Vinny Miller's another one I raced with for a long time. Um, you know, all good friends growing up throughout the years. And, um, you know, Kenny had got up during the driver's meeting and had even mentioned, you know, um, you know, don't get the chip on your shoulder. You, you didn't make NASCAR. Who cares? There's thousands of short track drivers throughout the country that'll never make it, never have the sight to it. And that don't matter, man. We're all race car drivers. Um, you know, Ken, Kenny's, uh, supporting the short track stuff. He's having a blast with it. And that's cool to see. And, uh, it was fun to have him up there this weekend. He's, he's a good, uh, you know, he's a good person to have support in a race like that. And, um, you know, Brian and everyone that made that deal happen um, for him and for, you know, the Grays to get him up there, that was really cool to see. And that's what I said to Kenny. I said, I asked him, I did an interview with him for the for Revit Up Racing. And, and I said, are you coming back next year? And he laughs. And I think we all learned a sense of humor over the weekend. And he goes, if they allow me to, and if they want me to. Yeah. And it's something, it, he he just mingled through the crowd. He stayed by his trailer, but everybody could keep when people came over, it didn't bug him. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the, the, the driver's meeting, I was there, and that, mo- that little bit of motivational speech to every, uh, everybody, it, it's just showing that, again, going back to racing is uh, just a big family, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we got to spend all summer with each other, so it, uh, it really turns into it. And it's something like uh, just, just before the, the B-Main, I came down off the tower from, from, from filming, and 
I went into the trailer and I, you were just getting ready. I wasn't looking for you. I was looking for more of somebody to talk to. And I was talking mm-hmm. to your mom and, and told her that you won the poll we did and, and that and asked the size t-shirt and stuff. And, and I said about a photo, I said, what photo would you like to, so we can give to them. And she jokingly said, and she wasn't being, how do you say it, cocky, I guess she said. She goes, yeah. I really like the one with the checkered. <laughs> what, what mother or father or crew would want to say that? And it's something, yeah. I don't know if that helped you or if that, I thought, well, maybe that's going to curse them. But I guess mom's advice that did help. Yeah, that's funny. I, uh, she, you know, she didn't tell me that, but, um, you know, I get, I get a little intense on race weekends. There's no question about that. We, um, I wasn't, I wasn't confident that we had the race car to win it um going into the going into the night we uh had tested all you know all day we qualified you know we qualified good and um won the dash but i I really was not comfortable with how the race car was driving and didn't feel like it was going to be a a car that was going to last for 100 laps so um you know we really sat on it and pondered on it over uh friday night and wound up getting in saturday morning made a whole bunch of changes went through the car actually found a couple things that we weren't happy with that we missed in the shop and um, the car didn't respond. It just, it, it felt like we were stuck in a state where we were at, which was fine. Cause the car had plenty of speed. Um, we wanted to believe in a couple of the adjustments in it. And I really do think that it helped when the night fell. Um, but if, you know, if, if somebody would have joked with me prior to the race or had told me prior to the race, you know, uh, you'll lead all hundred. I probably would have told them no, that's no, we'll probably run. We'll probably fight our way through the top five, but that's about it. And, and that's going back to like, say, that's his mom's confidence, right? Mm-hmm. She, she, she wants her son. She wants her baby to. Uh, and like I say, I saw you standing there where you guys were getting ready for the race and that. And like I say, it doesn't matter what sport. I know athletes just don't want to be. And again, I played mm-hmm. years ago, but don't want to be talked to. So that's why I walked past and someone said, there's his mom. So I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, she was just not confident, but being a mom saying, oh, yeah, he's going to take that checkered. And yeah, at 79, I think, okay, he's got it. And then up on the tower were like a couple people who weren't who weren't um, spotted went, Oh, like, again, you're so far ahead. So mm-hmm. I could just imagine mom's face on the, on the checkered there at the end when uh, she gave you the big hug. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think we were all a little bit in shock afterwards and I really don't know that it really settled right away. I mean, um, you know, we've raced for a long time. I started when I was six. So um, I've been fortunate to win a lot of shows throughout the years. And, you know, it, like I said, we can't go into it thinking it's anything other than just a race weekend. Um, so, you know, it's it's it, it took a while to settle in when we were back at the camper and, you know, we had the trophy and, and the big, you know, the, the big uh, check sitting there next to the camper. And it was kind of like, ah, you know, it, it kind of started to settle then. And it was it was pretty cool then. Um, not that it wasn't at the moment, but, um, you know, I had raced DG at the, at the hot shoe last year. We were running like third and fourth at the time. And it was this. It was the same situation, um, other than we weren't leading. Uh, you know, we were we were each racing each other through lap traffic, and I had kind of burned my stuff up throughout the show. Um, and he had he wound up getting around me, and uh, we were dicing up around a lap car, and he wound up getting through the lapper quicker than I did with like four to go. Um, so it, you know that big lead I had was kind of just in fear of what had happened the year before, um, and he got a really good restart there at the end. I just wasn't certain that. You know, I didn't know what to think when we took the green. He 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 stuck to my door there for like a lap and a half. And that's just, like I said, Ken Ross is kind of a narrow place. It's like a groove and a half. It's just not quite wide enough to run door to door. And when he when he was able to hang with me for like the first lap, I really wasn't certain what to think. But, um, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to get to race with somebody like that, that, you know, is not going to wear you out for it. 
And and something what I know it was for charity and then the ten thousand twenty four. But what what brings you to the to the hot shoe every year? It's the tough competition. Um, the Grays work really hard at it. We like to go and support shows that you know that we know are going to be organized, and um, you know everyone's putting their best foot forward at it. Um, but we like to go race where there's really really good competition. So um, that's what we've tried to focus on all summer, and that's what we're going to continue to do for the remainder of it. But um, you know, racing with guys like you know Derek, he he came up from Florida. Uh, Cody Strickler came up from Florida. Um, racing with guys like uh, you know Travis Eddy. I mean, he he's the perfect example of how tough this competition is. Um, you know, he's a guy. He won uh, ten thousand dollars down at Bearfield a month ago, and he didn't make the show this weekend. Uh, two years ago, uh, well, I guess I'll step back. Three years ago, we went up. Um, we didn't go on Thursday or Friday. We went up on race day, practiced for like three sessions, qualified second. And I think we finished second that year. We went back the year following with a new race car, qualified 25th. We missed it by like hardly nothing, ran the B and we wound up like fifth in the B. Um, so, you know, you can go from being right on top to, um, you know, running with, running with cars that you wouldn't have imagined. But when you get a field as good as the hot shoe does, it's just, you know, anything can happen like that. And that's exactly it. We, we were talking um, up in up in the tower just before it started with a few of the spotters and that. And like I use Travis City as a prime example. We talked about is usually a couple weeks, a month ago we saw him, excuse me, in Indiana win the win the ten thousand, and then it doesn't even make doesn't even make it again. One and not saying him driving, but just one little thing happens and it you don't make it, and it shows you how big this event's getting every year and the, how tough the competition is coming to like say Kinross and the Hutch event, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to get, e even without, you know, kind of the, the events got its prestige at this point and everyone know, you know, everyone in the modified community knows, you know, it's the, it's the race to go to if you want to be with the best race cars in the country. But um, you know, anytime, I mean, they, they're paying, $1,000 to even start the show. That's as good as most invites do it, you know, on a regular basis um, to win it. So um, anytime you're at, you got the opportunity to race for that money, you're going to get the best race cars. Um, and then you, you add on top of that, all the, all the things you get to do throughout the week. Um, plenty of time to get acclimated to the racetrack, you know, camping. I mean, all that they're, they're just, they're doing it right. They're getting every aspect of it and they're going to get the best race cars. That's why we like to go. And you, you Michigan, Michigan drivers are not complaining that it's in your state, right? No, no, it's nice. I mean, you know, it, it is a little bit of a hike. I, we're from, you know, Southeast side of the state. Um, so you, you guys just, you lower Michigan people just don't like to go to the UP. I think. What it is. <laughs> well, I had never <laughs> been, this was my first time across the bridge. So, you know, I kind of enjoyed that, but it's a hike. Uh, you know, even for us, it was five hours, which, it's no big deal. Uh, we drive five hours to Indianapolis and Bearfield and none, doesn't bother us any, but you know, when you consider it, you know, when we passed the Whittemore exit, it was kind of <laughs> like, uh, two hours further. Right. But, and I, I really wasn't certain what to think. I, you know, I was kind of afraid that it was going to really knock the car count down a bunch. And, um, we didn't see quite as many cars this year, but it didn't take away from the quality of the race cars we saw. And I think that's as important as anything. Um, but once we got there, I mean, the facilities, just about perfect for it. If it wasn't for the fact that it was so dry up there and the dust was kind of rough, um, you know, the dust bowl. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was certainly that we, we got parked in a good spot 
um, our race trailer did. Our camper was in a pretty dusty spot, but um, our race trailer was in a pretty good spot and we could watch the, you know, as the wind would blow, it'd kick up off the horse track. And it, I mean, we could watch it just blow in the backside of people's trailers. And we were sitting there thinking like, man, I'm glad that's not us because it was, it was a little dusty. That's for sure. The thing is with me being there every, every other week to cover the events and that it's, it's something they know because three weeks ago they were putting the final pit slabs in. Mm -hmm. So we, we start moving the dirt and everything around, uh, like I say, not complaining that we haven't had rain, but on the other hand, with no rain, it just created so much. Uh, and yeah. that's what, that's what I know talked throughout the week going for next year's. That's probably one of their top things is they're going to want to do something to, uh, to do that. Because again, it's when you're working on the cars or even when you're working on the engines, there's, there was a lot of dust, but if that's the only thing that people complained about this weekend, I get, can't complain about the event for sure. No, no. I mean, they clearly put in all the effort they could to make it, you know, make it the best they could. I, you know, tons of new pit slabs. They put in, you know, kind of the access road from entry to exit of the track. Um, you know, they worked at it. There, there's nothing they can do about the lack of rain. And um, we'd certainly rather see a little dust than, you know, it pour on us all weekend. Like, like last year, the downpour. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And we chased rain at Bearfield too this year. So it's, uh, it was, it was nice to just not have to worry about it. The weather was like perfect, man. It's, it's like 85 and muggy uh, down here and um, going up and kind of hanging out and jean and hoodie weather was really nice. Yeah, and then, yeah, and race during the day when it was about just 75 to 80. So for you guys sitting in the cars, you weren't dying of heat like it's been part of the summer, right? Right, right. I uh, I actually put my water in the car uh, before the race. I don't even think I touched it uh, throughout the show. I mean, we only had one caution to get a hold of it anyways, but I know I, uh, for both of the races, you know, at the crown jewel, I drank it all by like lap 50. It was just hot, but, um, it's pretty nice I, without having the windshields and all that nights like that are just perfect. And, and you talk about being in the Midwest, uh, probably another month and a half, say two months with you in lower Michigan. What are, what are your plans for the rest of 2019? Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and hit a couple of the Owasso shows. I really like that place. It's where I started stock car racing. So they've got, you know, their nationals at the end of September. And I think they got a couple tune-ups before that. So we'll probably go and run around there. Um, and I'd like to go down to Sandusky. Uh, they got their cavalcade. It's like a hundred lap, 5,000 to win show first weekend of October. So we'll see about that. I've never been down there. So uh, we'll have to check it out for sure. Um, I'm not really sure. We're just going to kind of play it by ear. We, we generally kind of just bounce around and do our own thing at the end of the summers. And again, with, with, I say the payday, it helps a bit. It takes a little bit of pressure off, maybe adding a race or two to the schedule. right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, local shows that they get the competition, but they're not going to, you know, you're not going to walk out of there making a whole bunch of money or nothing like that. Um, I'm in school right now. So um, it's, it kind of makes it hard to, to go racing every weekend. We kind of try to do an every other weekend schedule or something like that. Um, so yeah, the payday makes it nice. We can go race and not have to worry about, you know, budgeting for the rest of the summer, I guess. And it's something they haven't said yet, but I, I'm, I'm hoping and guessing it's coming back to Ken Ross next year. They haven't announced it officially, but are you going to be wherever it is? But hopefully it's at Ken Ross. You can come back in, in 2020 to defend your title. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, barring any crazy incidents prior to, uh, yeah, we'll be there for sure. We we work really hard at making sure that we're ready for it. We we generally take a week or two off even prior to to just go and find, uh, you know, kind of fine tune on the car and just make sure everything's right. So we'll be there for sure. I don't care where it's at. We'll make the haul. So, um, you know, I, I, it sounds like there'll be kind of, you know, 
from from what I'm hearing, it sounds like there'll be a lot of really good modified racing again next summer. Um, I couldn't believe how many big money shows we had this summer, and and from what I'm hearing, every one of them are coming back, and um, you know, rumors have been flying of a few more yet, so that'll be really fun. And it's something with, and not including this weekend, of course. Um, who, who helps you get to the track when it comes to uh, support, whether it's family or uh, sponsors? Uh, my dad, man, he he works so hard at it. Uh, you know, throughout the winters and summers, we just it, it's like a second job really for him. Um, I, I work at it as much as I can, but I'm you know I'm I'm not even home six months out of the year, so uh, that makes it a little more difficult. So he he works extremely hard at it. Um, of course, my mom and you know all my siblings, they're super supportive of it all. Um, all of our sponsors, they, they really make it easy on us to, to go race and have some fun in the summer. Um, Doug DeGarmo's jumped on board big time this summer, and he's, he's really taken on a lot of the, uh, the mechanical stuff with the race car and the engine and the drivetrain. Um, and it, it takes, it takes a small village to, to really get it right. Um, and that's, that's what we've had this summer. Uh, we've had so much support, um, and it, you know, just we've, we've got the right people right now to work on, you know, to work on the stuff and really great partners that want to make, you know, they're as passionate about it as we are. So that makes it easy. Um, and it, when, when it's going this well, everyone's really, you know, <laughs> they're, they're really supportive and that, you know, they, they want to keep working at it and keep making it better. So that's what we're going to do. And, uh, it's a good position to be in at the tail end of the summer because it makes the off season, um, that much easier. Uh, it may, you know, it makes us, uh, more driven to, you know, improve on the car and work on it, make it better and, um, you know, be better, uh, for the next summer coming. And it's something I, I just seen is, uh, you, when you're talking, you're talking with your hands and as kids, you, they get a, they get an autograph and they, it's on their skin. They don't want to wash it off is you just don't want to take that Ken Ross band off yet. Is that just yeah. yeah that, uh... It's still on here. You know, I actually, I gen I have a, a pin on my wall at home and I pin all the nights that we win, I pin them up. And I've not been home, so <laughs> I'll have to wear it the remainder of the week. I'll pin it up Friday afternoon. Uh, I thought it was just maybe a memento you're going to wear it until it wears out just because yeah. uh, how special the weekend was. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll do something special with it, man. We've got we've got the big check, and uh, we'll probably even save the little one, uh, maybe frame this up. I don't know. We'll do something. But, um, you know, we, we've got that the flag that they made for us. And, um, you know, that, that's the that's you know that's the thing. It's it, They do so much little stuff that really adds up and it's so special and um you know a win like this is just not something that a lot of race cars will ever get uh, race car drivers will ever get the opportunity to have so um we all definitely want to make the most of it and that's exactly it and i go back and you say every other weekend or weekend i i i call it a lot of times the racing they don't say it, but i say weekend warriors is a lot of times you might be able depending on the race like you say uh, bear or hot shoes, stuff like that. You go a few days in advance, but a lot of tracks you show up that morning, if not the night before, depending how far it is. You do it for the weekend, you head home Sunday. So it's a weekend warrior event. So we, mm -hmm. when it's something like this, it makes it even more special, right? Yeah, we enjoyed it. I mean, we made it a little vacation. We uh, we wound up renting a camper and uh, we went up Wednesday morning, uh, hung out in Mackinac for the morning, uh, got some lunch, hung out by the bridge, took pictures, all that jazz. And um, once we got across the, across the bridge, set up and hung out and um, you know, like I said, we had some really good friends around, so it wasn't just racing for us this weekend. We, we really just spent some time with friends and family and, um, enjoyed it the most we could. But 
uh, you know, a lot of the racing that we do is just the weekend warrior stuff. Uh, Owasso, Dixie, um, places like that that are real close. I mean, they're both like an hour from us. So it makes it real easy to go on a Friday or a Saturday night and enjoy it and get home and uh, clean up and go back to work throughout the week. And like you just mentioned Owasso, and it, that, that brings up about the hot shoes. They're, they were a track that usually runs this weekend every year, and they changed their schedule because of the hot shoe, realizing on how many drivers are going up. Mm -hmm. So tra tracks, Owasso being, I'd say, three, three and a half hours down from from Kinross are, are working with, I don't mean the grades, but working because and supporting the event because they don't want to compete against that type of event. So it's helping you guys in lower Michigan also, right? Yeah, they not not that their hand is forced at all, but um, you know, they they've really got to for themselves too. I I just don't know, you know, if Owasso would run this weekend, um, who who they would have got to come up there. You know, everyone, you know, that really wants to, you know, modified race that you know they were up up in the UP with us. Um, but you know, an event like that, you know, nobody wants to step on the on their toes. They want to, you know, everyone wants to do their part to make it right. And um, you know, I, I had seen that Owasso wound up pulling the weekend and um, moving it somewhere else. I don't know what they wound up doing with it, but um, that was kind of cool to see. You know, they're they're helping them helping each other out. And that's going back again. Only so many drivers, not just in Michigan, in the Midwest, when it comes to mods or four cylinders, doesn't matter. There's only so many out there. So again, there's no use of competing against each other, right? Right, right. I mean, I, I think we had what fifty-two or six or something like that mods this weekend. And um, you know, as much as I wish we could say we could get fifty mods at every racetrack every weekend, that's just not the case. Um, so. I, I know it, it definitely pulled a lot of car count from, you know, what would have been a Wasso or Dixie or um, heck, I even think some Berlin cars were up this weekend. So, uh, you know, it, it really is in everyone's best interest to not not step on each other's toes or schedule on the same night or you, you'll definitely get on, you know, your regular race and you're going to have one or two or three tracks racing a weekend. It, it, summer's only so long, but um, for an event like this, they've all got to do their part. And, um, you know, hopefully places like, uh, you know, Owasso or, um, I, I know Dixie's going to do another or, you know, attempt another, uh, big invite next year. Um, you know, hopefully all the other racetracks would respect that too, and, um, give them the same courtesy. And, uh, second last question is when it comes to racing, it's word of mouth that promotes events. And it's something, what do you, would you say to other drivers that weren't at the event? What to encourage them to come next year? What, what would you say? I mean, you got to do it. It's just, it's a blast. And I don't know if it's, you know, maybe, maybe the competition scares people away. Guys that don't might not feel super, uh, super comfortable that they'll make the A it don't matter. I mean, it, you know, the, the B pays better than most invites ever would. Um, even when the C runs, they wind up making, you know, as good a money as you would on any local night. Um, it's just, it's a really fun weekend. The grays do everything they can to make every detail right. Um, you know, Bud works his tail off to make sure the cars are on a level playing field, and that and that's really nice to see. Some weekends, it's just um, it kind of gets it kind of gets old to see some stuff let under the radar, and Bud's just not like that. He he makes sure everything is uh, is is straight up, and um, you know, it, it's good hard racing when it comes right down to it. Uh, and if it goes back to Ken Ross, the place is an awesome facility. It, I couldn't believe how many people they had in there. I I really wasn't certain how many fans they'd draw, just you know, considering the location. Um, but that place was packed. So that, that was really cool to see too. 
and I, I use when it comes to tech and stuff like that. And and uh, Bud, no, I'm saying, isn't on right now, but he'll probably watch it. Is you don't usually see Bud Gray lying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see Bud climbing under cars and checking everything, you know how serious serious is and how serious he does does take the, the uh, his role and what he does, other than what you don't see, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been working on tech stuff for, well, I'm sure he's been doing it, you know, all summer thinking about it, but, um, you know, he posted a video probably a month ago, uh, you know, walking guys through what he expects. Um, obviously, the rule book's published and everyone knows it, but, um, you know, there's always gray areas. People try to, to work their way around. So Bud makes it as clear as he can before we ever even show. Um, and he's he's walking around looking at cars and making sure everything's right from the day they unload. Um, I mean, he was under our car Thursday, Friday, and then obviously uh, when we rolled pre-race or uh, pre-race tech and afterwards Saturday, um, you know, our stuff's always straight up, but it's been so long since we, our car has been scrutinized that heavily. It's kind of, it's kind of stressful, you know, but it, it's the way it really should be um, on any weekly night. So it, it's what you like to see. And that goes like it, what people don't see is from like Kim Gray, for instance, she's been there starting the summer three to four days a week, um, just helping the Kinross uh, volunteers get ready for the event. So again, a lot of the drivers don't, don't see that and the fans don't see that. And to put that type of event on anywhere, it, it takes a lot. And I said to Kim, I said, so when are you going home? She goes, well, I'm going home Monday. And she goes probably mid September, starting October, they'll be re getting ready for 2020. And that just helps you guys, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, you know, that, that place, what surprised me the most about it, it's run by volunteers, um, but it's it's a first class facility. Um, we race at a lot of racetracks where, you know, it's it's not people's priority um, and it, and it, it shows uh, the places, ha you know, show their wear and tear. The facility does itself, but uh, that just wasn't the case at Ken Ross this weekend. Um, there, there's a lot of really great facilities in Michigan, um, and I would definitely rank this one right up there with you know, the Berlins or the Birch runs or any, anything like that. And those, those places have full-time employees or people that work there, um, on a, on a salary every night. And that, that just, uh, is super impressive to me. The volunteers, um, can be as organized as they are and, and make such an effect on that racetrack. Did you take in the band at all this weekend? No, you know, we, I, we're not late night people, man. We, uh, <laughs> you're, you're so young. Of, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, well, it, you know, I guess my co-op kind of drag, you know, working at seven and up by five, that's about, about, uh, wrecks my, uh, social life and, um, my sleep schedule. So it was kind of funny, you know, dad, dad is not a late night person. So we were, you know, we were all kind of in bed by like 10 and in the camper and, you know, people are out enjoying their night by the bonfire or whatever. And he's kind of griping and this and that. And it's like, dad, we got a camper, man. We're, you know, we're three feet from the people over, you know, enjoying a campfire. What can you expect, man? But, uh, we, we didn't, we didn't go and see the band. We probably should have, but, um, you know, it certainly looked like they had a, a pretty sweet setup there when I went over in the grandstands and watched some of the stock car races. So you were you anywhere near Nestor's trailer? Uh, camper wise, we were kind of like kitty corner to them. I actually didn't realize where they were at until we were pulling out, but, um, I, I'm almost certain that's where we had heard a little bit of the noise. Well, he pulled the karaoke machine out. I know Friday night, and they shut it down at five ten uh, Saturday morning. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and then he and he drove that day. So yeah, it was well. That's what I was getting ready to say. I'm sure that was probably to our benefit, but yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Well, 
Well, Blake, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time tonight, and I apologize about the technical difficulties, but uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, do this next year after the hot shoot. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much, and I uh, just like to remind everybody that Luca Mariano is our show sponsor, and check out the bourbon whiskey at uh, lucamariano.com. Thank you, Blake. Thanks. See ya.